Cuddling Myths and Vetting. Welcome back, my beautiful listeners, if this is your first time here. Hi, I'm Felicity Azra, professional cuddler, sex worker, and now podcast host. I have already made episodes on my start in the industry, how to be a supportive partner of a sworker. I've interviewed online sworker and my personal inspiration, Kira Love. I've tried my best to narrow down what constitutes as pro-cuddling. I've shared what my clients have done to earn the label as one of my favorite clients. I jotted down a list of reasons to hire a professional cuddler. I've elucidated how different cuddle websites certify and train their providers. I've talked about how I market myself on TikTok and my experience with being a female podcast host on SoundCloud. And those are just my public episodes. I release about one Patreon exclusive episode per month. I just dropped the November episode this morning. And instead of being 15 minutes long per usual, the post hustle pod episode is 36 minutes long. That's like a regular podcast episode. So I highly recommend supporting me on Patreon so you can listen to all of these exclusive episodes. So if you listened to episode six of Pro Cuddle Hustle, you probably remember me saying the next time you hear from me again, I'll probably have repost by SoundCloud, which is not the highest tier subscription that SoundCloud offers. The highest one is SoundCloud Pro. And I unfortunately found out that you need SoundCloud Pro to have unlimited upload minutes time. I don't know what the correct terminology is, but basically repost by SoundCloud is not going to allow me to add my podcast episodes, which is sad because SoundCloud Pro costs $180 a year, which is ridiculous. I do not have that kind of money in my podcast fund. In fact, most people who support me on Patreon have are at the, what is it called? I have so many Patreon tiers, yet I still want to keep adding more. Most of my supporters on Patreon are of the Water Tribe tier, which is the starting tier. So I was doing my research on SoundCloud podcasts that would be relevant to Pro Cuddle Hustle. I found this one and it takes place in South Africa. I don't know any South African podcasts, period. But this South African podcast on SoundCloud has multiple episodes about sex work decriminalization. And I think they interview this one Lesotho politician who supports legalization of sex work. It's not the same thing as decrim, but I would argue it's a lot better than criminalization. I'm aware that Lola Davina has several snippets of her audiobook on SoundCloud, and I have listened to about 98% of them because they're very quick. They're like five minutes long. So listening to those audiobook snippets has motivated me to pick up her book again because I bought her book over a year ago. Not to brag, but it's autographed. And while it's not like a fictional book and you have to read it page by page, I personally prefer just reading it from beginning cover to end cover. But yeah, Lola Davina's book, Thriving in Sex Work, is clearly meant for sworkers. So unfortunately, I don't think you're going to get much out of it 
if you're not already a swerker. But if you're aspiring to become one, give it a listen. Lola Davina is awesome. I don't think she's done any sex work within the past decade, yet even after she left the industry, she's still so dedicated to helping newbies. And she's done many various genres. Another thing I found out recently is that the platform Podbean requires me to subscribe in order to upload more episodes of my podcast. Podbean is way more affordable than SoundCloud Pro, but I think Podbean isn't popular enough for me to keep going. But I highly implore y'all to listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle on Podbean. Honestly, the more the merrier. I don't want the podcast industry to become monopolized. If you would like to donate to me so I can afford these monthly slash yearly podcast fees, I have put up listings in my Minivids items store. You don't actually get a physical item, but you will get my gratitude. I'll put a link to that in the description for this. So in this episode of Pro Cuddle Hustle, I'm going to dispel misconceptions pertaining to cuddling, tell y'all what to do when vetting clients, give a sneak peek of my sex ed series on Mavid's tube. I put out an Ask Me Anything in several AMA Facebook groups, and today I shall answer to the world. Now, a misconception is a mistaken notion. There can be negative and positive misconceptions. Misconception number one. The benefits of cuddling is a placebo effect. This is not true. Science has proven again and again the benefits of cuddling are not placebo. But even if it was placebo, it's for the most part harmless. I would still encourage y'all to cuddle each other, even if the benefits were placebo. These misconceptions are in no particular order, but number two, anyone can become a professional cuddler. It is true that not all websites train slash certify their providers. See episode five of Pro Cuddle Hustle. But pro cuddling takes a lot of work. So a majority of adults would get burnt out within the first week of doing this, even if they were just doing it for one hour a week, they could still get burnt out. I've had months where I cuddled maybe two or three people and I still had burnout. And it's not because I wasn't giving myself enough alone time. It was the emotional labor of putting up with some really handsy clients that truly deserve to be blacklisted everywhere. Number three, professional cuddling is a movement. Now, I don't think this is an objective fact. I think it's a subjective opinion. I typically use the word movement for political movement. And yes, I do think professional cuddling and politics can coincide. But pro-cuddling itself, I don't think is a political movement. Who are the organizers? Not to toot my own horn, but I'm probably the closest thing to an organizer within the pro-cuddling community in California or even the United States. I mean, if you have any other candidates that you'd like to shout out, please comment below if you're listening on a platform that allows commenting or just message me because I would love to connect with politically oriented pro-cuddlers. I feel like the word movement is so sensationalized. Not that there's anything intrinsically wrong with sensationalizing things, but it's just, I don't want to aggrandize professional cuddling. It's still a very under the table thing. Do I want it to always stay that way? Uh, no. I wish more people knew about it. That's why I'm making this podcast, but 
I don't want to give people false hope. I don't want to say professional cuddling is a movement. So there will be like government protection for pro cuddlers within two years or some outlandish claim like that. Next one, cuddling is platonic unless proven otherwise. I believe this is as annoying as saying BDSM is non-sexual unless proven otherwise. Stop being presumptuous, y'all, and let other people express how they do their hobbies. Keep in mind, I'm only saying cuddling and not professional cuddling. Simply cuddling has more room to be whatever you want, whereas Professional cuddling is way more defined. Professional cuddling has this elevated standard of professionalism. I can dive deeper into that if you want, but I'm moving on because I actually have a lot of misconceptions. Legislation and regulation. This doesn't really count as a myth, but I feel the need to address it. I do believe professional cuddling will grow in popularity in the future, and once it reaches a certain level of awareness, there will be legal regulation. That being said, I don't think the government will force every aspiring pro to get a masseuse license. I say this because now the government and law enforcement are cruel as fuck towards masseuses. I hope to live to see the day that masseuses get treated better. I highly doubt professional cuddlers will be treated humanely by the government before massage therapists. Number six, I find it weird how some outsiders have this misconception that, that customers seeking providers are prudes. In my experience, professional cuddlers are way more prudish than the customers. I think a lot of people believe they need to be the most prudish person ever in order to be taken seriously as a platonic touch practitioner. That a sexual person is sexual 24-7, 365, and is incapable of cuddling anyone without getting aroused. I said it before and I'll say it again. I've met way more swerkers who support professional cuddlers than professional cuddlers who support swerkers. So what if a substantial amount of cuddle customers are asexual? Look, asexuals have a lot of myths spread about them already. I don't want to perpetuate any acephobia about that on my podcast because I quote-unquote hate the ace discourse, but because I'm a decent human being who doesn't want to grossly generalize ace people. Being celibate is not synonymous with being prude. Choosing not to have sex is not the same thing as being mean to others purely because of their sexual liberation or sexual confidence. Next point. I feel like people who think the best professional cuddlers are the ones who have read the most amount of books on the effects of cuddling. I feel like the people who think the best pro cuddlers are the ones who read the most amount of books on the effects of cuddling are exactly like the people who think the best strippers are the ones who know the most amount of pole tricks. Pro cuddling is dangerous and the best ones are the ones who know how to navigate the trials and tribulations. Thank goodness, I don't think there are any certification programs where the future pro-cuddlers only have to read textbooks on the scientific benefits of cuddling. But then again, there are plenty of cuddle websites that have no training or vetting or whatever for their users. So last misconception, 
you're less likely to be sexually assaulted if you cuddle someone in public. Just because an area is considered public property, that doesn't mean there's always a lot of people over there. I think people who believe this kind of assume that if there are onlookers, if there are passerbys, then you're not going to you're not going to get groped or molested, which is untrue. If you've ever taken BART, you would know that you could probably get your shit slammed and everyone else in the BART train is going to keep looking at their phones. I know a lot of people cuddle in, in public parks, but more often than not, parks are not inhabited. There are many hours of the day where there's no one else in the park. If there's no one around for a wide radius, I honestly think that's going to empower someone to do inappropriate things. I mean, pretty much every woman who's ever been dancing at a nightclub can relate to being inappropriately touched by a stranger. And even though there's a bunch of people all around, no one intervenes. So I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but I think this is the truth. You are not less likely to be sexually assaulted if you cuddle someone in public. I mean, I've never heard of anyone, pro cuddler or not, installing a panic button in their house, but at least if you're the kind of provider who invites people into your home, you are the one who gets to set up security cameras anywhere you want, as many as you want. You get to booby trap the place, so if you feel the need to put a taser underneath your pillow, then do that. Do not sacrifice your security, whether you're an in-call person, an out-call person, or if you do both. So that was pretty serious. Please take a deep breath, drink some water if you need to. Now I'm going to inform all of my listeners about the vetting process. Needless to say, pro-cuddling is not the only occupation that requires vetting of clients. So typically when someone is being vetted, they're asked for their full name, age, job occupation, and a recent photo of themselves without glasses or a hat. Some other things providers could ask for are which company one specifically works at, a photo of themselves holding up a piece of paper with the date, the name of the website, and their full name on that sheet of paper. Some more vetting questions include what city you live in, what is your ethnicity, what is your highest level of education, relationship status, best times to call slash text, a photo of your ID, your LinkedIn account, a photo of your business card, a reference from a reputable worker or multiple references, preferred payment methods, social media profiles, email address, phone number. I'm sure that's the tip of the iceberg. If there are any I haven't mentioned but should have, please comment below if you're listening on YouTube, Podchaser, Stitcher, etc. I've read on Cuddle Comfort that sometimes providers do the whole paper and photo thing. And that is because a lot of Cuddle Comfort providers do not have anything else. No Cuddle-specific email address, no official website, no, no Cuddler social media. And so to verify that they're not a catfish the provider is the one who's sending those kind of photos to potential clients. And if you're the kind of person who's like, fuck that, I am not going to do that, 
then I guess how you can make yourself verified on websites that don't do any kind of vetting process for their providers like Cuddle Comfort, I guess you kind of have to rely on reviews. And on Cuddle Comfort, reviews are called karma. But honestly, I would rather swallow my pride than rely on reviews for verification. If you're a provider, even if you're the most popular provider in your state or region, you probably already know that only 5% of the people you see leave you a review. And I don't believe there's a guarantee that all reviews you will receive will be five stars. And if you're a client, then you've probably had the concern that people are creating fake accounts just to leave positive karma. Thank you to everyone who has stuck around this far into the episode. As a reward, here's a little snippet of my first sex ed video on Minivids Tube. So tube sites are websites where people can upload videos for free. Think YouTube. But with Minivids Tube, there is no age restriction. My free videos on MVTube is another stream of income for me. So if you cannot monetarily support me right now, please watch my free videos on MVTube. That truly does help me. I don't have a degree in sexology. I am not a clinical sex therapist. I don't have any formal certifications. Today we'll go over human anatomy, LGBT inclusion, hygiene, pregnancy, and more. Everyone makes mistakes in sex ed. Don't beat yourself up if you do. The following is basic fundamentals you need to know in order to have a great sex life and watch my other sex ed videos. So Planned Parenthood defines sex ed as high quality teaching and learning about a broad variety of topics relating to sex and sexuality, exploring values and beliefs about those topics and gathering the skills that are needed to navigate relationships and manage one's own sexual health. Male and female are anatomical terms, but please don't be fooled by heteronormativity. Please don't believe the myths like all penis owners have XY chromosomes and all vagina owners have XX chromosomes. Sex and gender are not the same thing, meaning not every penis owner identifies as, as a boy or man and not every vagina owner defines themselves as a girl or woman. Heterosis normativity is the assumption that every person identifies as the gender they were assigned at birth. Transgender people are individuals who reject the gender assigned to them at birth. Intersex people are individuals born with chromosomes that aren't XX or XY. They could be YY, they could be just X, they could be XXY, etc. Chromosomes are DNA molecules that contain hereditary information. It's the blueprint of you. Sometimes someone's romantic orientation doesn't align with their, sexual, with their sexual orientation. Gender and sexual orientation are not the same thing. Gender is who you are when you are alone, whereas sexual orientation is what genders you feel sexual attraction towards. So like I said, sometimes someone's romantic orientation does not align with their sexual orientation. For example, someone could be heteroromantic and asexual or biromantic and homosexual. There's heterosexual, bisexual, homosexual, asexual, demisexual, etc. I could do many videos on this topic alone. While sexual health and wellness is completely normal, in most societies, exposure of genitals 
in public is considered indecency punishable by a citation and possibly jail time. Same thing applies to vagina owners who expose their breasts in public, but the top freedom movement advocates that it should be women's protected right to not conceal their nipples in public. Thanks y'all so much for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed learning my thoughts on these common misconceptions, how to vet a client, or what to expect when someone vets you. If you'd like to monetarily support me, there's my Patreon, Cash App, Venmo, Google Pay, Minivits Tip Jar, and Stars Avian Tip Jar. All of that is in the description. If you want to monetarily support me and get something in return, there's always my Redbubble, Fan Centro, and Teddy's Girls. If you need just a little more incentive, my birthday is coming up soon. I am a Capricorn. I was born in late December. The next public episode of Pro Cutter Hustle will be about how different cuddle sites brand themselves on social media. Goodbye for now, my dear listeners. I cannot wait to chat with you about all things professional cuddling and sex work in my next episode. If you are a provider, whether pro cuddler or swerker, I would love to have you on the show and interview you. My email address is felicityazura at gmail.com. That's F-E-L-I-C-I-T-Y-A-Z-U-R-A at gmail.com. You have been listening to episode seven of Pro Cuddle Hustle podcast.